Hi, welcome to Office Hours, a podcast presented by College Fashionista. It's Amy Levin here. For those of you new this week, each episode of this series has a special guest who will share insight on life, careers, and their story to success. Today I'm speaking with the model Iskra Lawrence. Iskra is making quite the impact on the fashion and modeling industry by challenging the status quo. Her presence in the industry and on social media platforms are helping spread messages of positive body image and self-love to millions around the globe. I'm excited to start chatting with Iskra. Welcome, Iskra. Tell us a little bit about how you broke into the modeling world and how you got your start. My start was 13, um, and it, my mom was kind of my biggest fan. She was behind me. She entered me into Elgos Search for a Supermodel. Um, it was a crazy experience. I got down to the finalists. I got scouted, and that's how I started my journey. I started doing shoots, and um, I did some fashion shows, but the fashion shows... They kept bringing up the the point that I wasn't fitting into the sample size and it was a real struggle and, you know, I was in front of my peers, in front of models that I aspired to be like, I was kind of humiliated um, and called fat and, you know, told all these terrible things and after a couple of years I actually got dropped by the agency because I just couldn't get my hips down to the measurements that they wanted. And what did they say when they dropped you? Um, They gave me a list of all the different agencies in the UK and said, we're really sorry, it's just not going to work. And and they never really said it was because you were too big, but like every time I went to the agency, they were measuring my hips. And And they would tell you to like, to get your hips down? Yeah, I was, you know, they were like, oh, (laughs) if if you're leaving school at 16, you come to London, you can, you know, get a personal trainer work on diet, those sorts of things. So it was, I mean, you yeah. have to be blind not to see it. It was really obvious. Um, and it really creates a complex because you're in that environment. And, and you're, you're so young. So young. So impressionable. And they don't really tell you how to. They kind of, um, and I know a lot of models and you're basically given the name of a trainer. He's a hundred pounds an hour and you're told to kind of figure it out and drop weight. And it's not taking into regard different body shapes. Right. So when I'm looking at these other models that I aspire to be like, and I'm looking at their bodies, and I'm looking at myself, and I'm thinking, why does not my body look like this? Why can't I change it? And you spend, I mean, I dedicated years to just trying to change myself, because I thought I couldn't achieve my dream unless... You fit that mold. Exactly. And then what was, what was like your big break? So you started from 13. Was yeah. there one moment that was like, okay, I've really made it, or... Has it just been a gradual progression of your career? I mean, I really would say, so that was 13. I got dropped. Then I I went and heard about plus size at about 17. During that time, I was was like hustling. I was cold calling companies in the UK saying, do you need a laundry model? Do you need a model? Doing whatever I could. I was doing, you know, promo. They call it a promo girl stuff, which is where you, you know, hand out flyers, doing little shoots on the side test shooting with photographers and you were so young yeah I, 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 re- I felt hungry for it I, I was really I got a taste and then I really wanted it and when I heard about plus size I went to the agency and they really liked me but then they were like the thing is you're you're not really big enough you're like and I can't I win like, oh my goodness are you cr-? like it it was that and so did they want you to gain weight ideally yeah god so in my head I was thinking is there a healthy way to do that? And every learning experience, even if it's a no, you can make it a positive lesson. So that actually brought me into learning more about nutrition and working out. And that's when I started doing more weight training to kind of build up, you know, my hips and thighs to get 
right. curvier figure. Um, and I, I ended up, didn't signing with them. I went to a very small agency in the front of someone's living room, just one woman. And again, this was probably four or five years ago. She laughed when I said I wanted to go to New York one day. You know, it was still all of these rejections like, yeah. and no's. Um, and it just fueled me even more. It just made like this thing where I have to say, okay, I have to like prove you, to yeah, you want Exactly. I think that, I mean, for me, the biggest motivator is people being like, no, no, you can't do this. Yes. Something's better. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Exactly. And I feel like it sounds like, like that's your personality also. Definitely, definitely. And so I think my big break was going back to that plus size agency who said no two years later, sitting them down saying, I've worked with these clients. I can work at this size. Take me on. And the way I saw it was, I saw it in a business kind of minded way. I have a monopoly. I'm the only model at this size. Right. And I represent women that haven't been represented before in fashion. So I then signed with them. And within six months, I I signed in New York. It's amazing. That's so great. Good for you. But it's really, I just wish I could tell girls that your body doesn't hold you back from your dreams. Yeah. You really have to create yourself. And that's the most powerful thing. The more you can hone in on who you are, no one can stop you because no one else is you. Right. So good. (laughs) I have the chills. It's so good. So I feel like you have been kind of paired with this whole controversy of plus size Mm -hmm. and if that term should be eliminated I'm just kind of curious to hear your take on it no definitely yeah there's a lot of talk about the plus size label me personally I don't mind being labeled anything I know that I'm more than a label that doesn't hold my self-worth however with the visibility I have and being you know US 12 what I'm seeing is and I always listen and, and you know read my comments these girls are offended because I'm a 12 and I'm being called plus size. So you're automatically labeling 70% of American women right. as plus size. Right, no, You haven't true. asked to be labeled. And even if the label is just used in the modeling industry, it's still coming into the real world. Because 70% of women in the US are size 12 and higher. Yes. Right. And it's hard to sometimes imagine those right. young girls maybe out in the Midwest that are more mm. sheltered and they're hearing these messages from the fashion industry that this size 12 girl is plus size and that it's confusing for them. And yeah. um, I just I just believe no one deserves to be labeled. And the reason it has that negative connotation is because plus size isn't equal yet to mainstream fashion they can't shop in the same shops they have to shop in the basement or online they can't wear the designers that everyone else can wear and that's not a nice feeling to be put into that box right so I just would love that all women just were you know women or models it's definitely a huge topic right now Mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out and a lot of publications have been getting some bad press surrounding how they're labeling you know this group which you know Mm. I yeah. mean, it's great that people are pushing forward yeah, and people are campaigning for it and they want to see more diversity. So I'm all for that. Um, but I have actually noticed the people and press who I speak to in the media, who I speak to on a personal level, have stopped using plus size when they refer to me in their That's pieces. That's great. Which is, yeah. So you're having a small impact. Small impact, time. yeah. <laughs> so talk about your experience working with Ari Real. And just why you think their messaging and campaign is so successful and important in the industry. Yeah. So being an airy girl is like nothing I've ever experienced before. Some shoots, they don't even learn your name. Some shoots, 
you know, you're wearing a bra under a bra to fill out a bra. There's so much trickery. There's so much kind of behind the camera that goes on. And you go to an airy fit and they have your sizes ready for you. They get to know you. You go on set. There's barely any hair and makeup. You know that it's nothing's so going to be, yeah, you, but nothing's going to be retouched. I mean, some shoots, you know, you've got eyelash extensions on, you've got fake hair, you've got chicken fillets, you've got all this and you just, and then you're being photoshopped right. and you just kind of think, why do they, like, why why do do they, I need, need, they don't need me? Yeah, they don't really need escrow. They just need anybody. Yeah. So, so for Aerie, you go on set and it's basically like, have fun, feel comfortable, be yourself. You, the, the underwear is so cute. You yeah. feel good and you're rolling around in, on the beach or, or in a bed. And it's just such a liberating experience to know that you are in this campaign because of you. And they're accepting everything about you. They're accepting my cellulite. They're accepting the roles I might have on my back. And it makes me feel comfortable. And it's given me such a boost of confidence being part of it. It's amazing. No, it really is. Did you see their like spoof they did on Airy Man? So we thought it was real. Well, because it's like fake, right? Well, it's been a difficult conversation, but the message behind it is real. Well, right. The they message have is stopped real. photoshopping their men's underwear campaigns. They're not photoshopping the guys anymore. So that was the point so of it. So that was but, the point. Okay. And they are all about body positivity. And I mean, it was such a fun experience. And when I got to talk to the guys, yeah, it was probably it awesome. was fascinating. And I've done some like behind the scenes interviews. You know, one of the guys we went for, he was like, can I go for dinner with you tonight? Can we talk about this? I've never been photographed in my underwear. Oh. And he was so nervous. And he said, you know, I've got these stretch marks. You know, I'm a bigger guy. And he came to that point because he was actually in a in a store and he couldn't fit into the shirt, asked for a bigger size. And the woman said, you're just too big. <gasps> and that was a defining moment. Yeah. And he ended up doing a male blog about kind of being too big for fashion and where you can shop and... And that, again, was a perfect example of someone using a negative experience right. to create something positive. And he's doing great. He's now modeling. He's got this fantastic blog. And he's representing men that, you know, haven't That's great. talked about body positivity. That's great. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Um, who are some of your role models just in general or in the industry? Uh, my grandma, for sure. She's a very strong woman. She had 10 children. And her husband passed away when my dad was five. So she kind of raised this whole clan of, you know, crazy kids. Um, and she was just always a really strong inspiration for me. And she kept me very grounded. And it was crazy because she passed away the day I received my US visa. I was kind of looking after her. And it was a very liberating, strange moment. Because I never would have moved to America unless she passed away, if that yeah, makes sense. It kind of like pushed you a little it bit. It pushed me. Yeah. And, it, and um, I lost someone very close. And that was kind of gave me some fearlessness, to be honest. Yeah. And she had a best friend who was an older man who lived with her for a while as a lodger. And he was a huge inspiration to me because during my teens, we would just play tennis or we would go play ping pong or we'd go swimming on the weekends. And it took that pressure of being a teenager and worrying about what I looked like and my body and my appearance and going through all those things and just kind of having fun. Um, Other people I look up to are probably outside the fashion industry. I mean... Now I look up to someone like Michelle Obama. I think she's mm-hmm. such an incredible woman and she's constantly putting a message out there that's really educating and in trying to help other people. And those are just the kind of women that I feel anything I put out now, I want it to benefit someone or I want it to try and educate. Because right. we all have individual knowledge that's actually invaluable to someone else because 
they don't know what you've been through and what you've learned. So if you can kind of teach that to anybody, it's it's really powerful. You're really going to like being in New York because I find that it's just a makeup of such interesting, yep. smart, like just just great stories. Everyone's kind of has a story. Yeah. And I'm not from New York. I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I recently, you know, went home and not that I don't love Chicago or the Midwest mm. or people there, but I realized how much people here challenge me yeah. and how as you're starting your career and you're figuring out everything you want to accomplish, it's like you want to be by these people who challenge you or say no or push you to continue on. And New York is like the epicenter for that in the yeah. US. The women I've met here, they all want to build each other up as well which is incredible to be in an environment and and to be working alongside people that actually will help you and help you grow. Um, yeah, I've, I've just learned so much in these last two years here. Yeah, no, it's amazing. How do you maintain a healthy lifestyle? So healthy for me is always from the inside out. I really wish people when they talked about health more talked about mental health. Um, Again, that's something I campaign with, with the National Eating Disorder Association and something I never even realized when I was younger that, you know, I was slimmer. I was probably a US four, but I wasn't healthy. I wasn't looking after myself, even though I was going to the gym and eating very healthy, just eating fish and vegetables in in the inside, like I wasn't um, happy with myself. So I've gotten to the point where everything in moderation so yes, I'll eat a piece of pizza, but I also drink my green juice. I make it or um, I cook at home. And really it's about listening to your body. If you're feeling lethargic, if you're feeling like you need more energy or you need to work out, you need to feel stronger and tighter, then work out, eat healthier. But yeah. there's nothing wrong and you shouldn't feel guilt if you do want to go out with your girlfriends and eat that dessert. Um, and you should never, ever just put that pressure on yourself. Yeah. Life's pretty short. It is. But do you have a routine or like, do you say I'm going to work out four times a week or like I'm going to not eat bread or it, or do you kind of just go with how you feel inside? And- yeah, I, I definitely don't diet anymore. Yeah. I haven't dieted for maybe six years. What I do do is I set myself realistic goals. So I kind of look at my schedule and if I'm traveling, sometimes maybe I can only do like 10 minutes of abs on the floor in a hotel room. At least I did it. And when I right. put that out there, I want to do it because I want to reward myself. Yeah. So I always try and set realistic goals. I can probably say that I work out on average three times a week. Yeah. Sometimes, I, yeah, sometimes I can't work out at all or I just work out in my hotel room. Like I said, like mm-hmm. some abs or squat while you're brushing your teeth. Like just, <laughs> you know, putting it in there just because I just want to do it. You know, I, I'm not doing it to change my body. I'm just, just doing makes it to you feel, feel good. good. Yeah. So much of working out for me is just a, like a stress release. Yeah. It feels like it's like one hour, 45 minutes and I just can actually check out. Yeah. And so I, I force myself to do it. Not necessarily because I love how it feels, but it's it like once I'm in it, I love it. Yes. And I, I think it's just so important. It's such a good like mental release. Yeah. And that's probably the hardest bit is getting the motivation yeah. to get to the gym or go out there and work out. And I always try and remember in the back of my head, I'm not going to regret this. No one ever gonna, regrets No one ever out. regrets a workout <laughs> and how I feel afterwards. Yeah. And just like yeah, use it as that reward. I deserve to feel good. I deserve for my yeah. body to be working well and be healthy. What is your advice to girls and women who are struggling with body image? The first piece of advice I would give is stop comparing yourself to others. It's something that I used to do when I looked at other models and I thought, why does my body not look like that? Why can't I change to look like that? And you can't. 
And you're basically setting yourself up for failure because you can't be her and you're not meant to be, you're meant to be you. This is your home, this is your body. And you've got to just be the best version of yourself. And if you work towards that, working out, eating healthy, but also just looking after yourself from the inside out, setting yourself realistic goals, that is how you're gonna you know, achieve things. Yeah. I am in like the later half of my 20s mm-hmm. and I feel like in the earlier part of my 20s I was so hard on myself yep. with like weight everything yep. and now and everyone said like once you get into your 30s you're gonna just like let a lot of that go and I can even tell now I'm just like okay yeah you- so I'm like you know I'm happy with who I am and it is what it is and yeah, you find it's like yourself. everyone's born different you cannot get your body certain ways like it's just no not in your genetics and you're not not meant to yeah and it's such a a a battle that so many of us face especially as teenagers and you know at college and you're seeing these other girls and why does she have the oh why does she have long hair it's all these silly little things that you might be thinking if you're put in a room with a bunch of girls or now we've got social media which Which is is the new pressure that you know we have to see these flawless images and it's not real and I try and be as real as possible on social media. I don't retouch. But, you know, I still might post a picture that I took two weeks ago or a selfie that there's 49 that, you know, were horrendous. Right. You still put your best foot forward. Of course. You know, it's still filtered. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I've loved this conversation. And I think you're such an inspiration to our girls and um, our audience. And I, I really enjoyed hearing directly from you everything. The next set of questions are just one word answers super quick. Okay. So favorite snack. Uh, I love snacks. Guacamole. Love guacamole. <laughs> favorite workout. Squats. Bikini or one piece. Mm, bikini. Travel must-have. Sunglasses. Good. Good lineup. Yeah? Cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us, and we can't wait to continue to see how successful your career is. Oh, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you, Iskra, for talking to us. Be sure to follow Iskra at IamIskra on Instagram for daily reminders that everybody is beautiful. I hope you will join us for our next Office Hours conversation, and be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until then, 